Welcome back to Equal Time Soccer. I'm Mark Pogratsky here at the world-famous Blackheart Bar, and I'm joined by a former UMAC Defensive Player of the Year, an all-UMAC all player, uh, someone who played in UWS's only national tournament appearance, and the pride of Edina High School as well, Morgan Philibert. Hi. All right. Thanks for joining. You're just a second-year coach. You were coaching last year at Buena Vista, which I actually, I've been there. I went there maybe 20 years ago when I was in college um, for an academic reason as a non-athlete. But what was it like transitioning into coaching? I mean, it's still something pretty new for you. Yeah, it was definitely. So I start my like path to coaching wasn't, it wasn't something I knew right away that I wanted to do. I started college as like a marketing major. I was like, I'll go work some like nine to five job, like enter the real world once I'm done playing soccer. Yeah. I got to like my sophomore year and I was like, this isn't cutting it. Like this isn't what I want to do. So I transitioned to like exercise science, that kind of realm. I was like, maybe I'll be an athletic trainer. So I'm kind of in sports still. Yeah, yeah. X, Y, and Z. And then I looked at my head coach who I'm super thankful for that pushed me towards this. And I was like, I think I want to stay in coaching. And she was like, do it. I have full faith that you can do this, do it. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I dropped a bunch of like the super hard courses I needed for athletic training. And I was like, I'm going to focus on coaching a lot more. I was working with the local high school as a volunteer assistant. So I was building that experience while I was still playing. Yeah. And then the opportunity opened at Buena Vista almost immediately after graduating, I'd maybe been graduated for three months. Yeah. I applied and then I moved down there like a month later. Wow. Wow. What what high school were you volunteering at? It was it in Superior? Yeah, Superior High School. Yeah, nice. That was I was gonna ask you later, did you see that the new women's team that started in Superior this summer? That like that uh what's it uh, now I'm blanking on the name, but it's Superior City FC, yeah. Yeah, that honestly like makes my day like yeah. Soccer in Superior was very male dominated before like the pivot of UWS's women's program and yeah. the high school program now being more successful. Like it was very male dominated with UWS and then Duluth FC and having that opportunity grow in that area where I could see yeah. some of my former teammates even playing on it and being super successful yeah. was super invigorating because women's soccer is exciting and yeah. deserves that platform. Yeah, they were wonderful because it made it they were one of the teams that was really public and it made it really easy to follow and they were just super local. So that was a really cool thing. Um, so you've been I mean, so you played both the D3 conferences because you started with uh, Concordia, which I'll ask later, but then now you're in the NSIC. So I'm wondering, obviously, a higher standard, but how does it compare to what you experienced, you know, playing? Yeah, as playing the games way faster than what I played at and it's less about being big, fast, strong, and it's more about, yes, you need to be big, fast, strong, but you also need to be able to play the game at a super high level, which has pushed me a lot as a coach where I need to be able to be like, all right, you need to be fit, but you also need to understand every technical and ta- technical yeah. and tactical point that I need to give you, yeah. which is super exciting and pushes me, but also pushes the people that I recruit and I work with. Yeah, you played. You've already played some of the best teams too. You played Minot. You played Bemidji State. Um, yeah. Some of the you played Concordia too. But with yep. Minot, you really almost got a draw, which for people who follow the NSAC would have been a huge upset. They're perennial yep. contenders. How talk about just getting that, and then I got to ask about the goal in the game later too. Yeah, so that was like a 
that was a whirlwind of emotions. Like we got down a goal and we were like, all right, we have to keep fighting. Like we can't give up. We had our rhythm that day. You could just feel it. If you were like the people that were there, they're like, we could feel it. Like uh-huh. it was just electric. Like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. And we go into halftime. Oh gosh, I can't remember what the half. I think it was one nothing going into half. The goal happens that we score, which we could talk about more. Yeah. And it's like a whole game changer. We don't score a ton of goals at Kirkston. So us scoring a goal just in itself is a big deal. But coming back and tying a match is something they've never really done before. Yeah. So that was like a culture shock. And unfortunately, we couldn't keep the draw or get ahead of that. But it really showed what we are capable of and that nobody can go in and just be like, this is an easy game. The girls have a lot of grit and a lot of hard work that they show out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, and there's always a chance of, of tipping, you know, one of the top teams because they maybe overlook you because they just think, you know, we're going to get a result. And that was cool. The goal. Yeah. The reaction was so pure. We, in the NSIC piece I wrote last week, I used the picture because it was such a good reaction. Brooklyn Fishbox scored. They had played keeper last year and they had been a field player too, but I was wondering, like, you were just a keeper in college. When's the last time you scored a goal? <laughs> um, so, I, Superior, we had our ups and downs with numbers. I actually had to play in the field a couple times because of our numbers. Right. So I know what that feels like. I never had to, like, fully make the transition from one position to another. Yeah. But for her, like, it's all about her heart. Like, Brooklyn Fishbach is one of the, like, most down-to-earth human beings I've ever met. And every time she goes out there, we know that we are going to get 100% effort from her and she's going to give her very best effort. And that's a big thing for her. And I think that's why she's now scored two goals against two top conference opponents because she works incredibly hard. Yeah, yeah. A good good reward for for a player. Yeah, they're putting in that work. It clearly shows so far. Um, How many female coaches have you had? You mentioned maybe one in college. So how many have you had? Because I meet players who've never had one sometimes um i'd give her maybe one or two in my youth career i had katie offett at edina high school and then i had allison and marissa at superior so i've actually had quite a few female coaches that's cool that's cool well and i mean it's that i'm sure part of it you know is you're someone like in your role on the team now like the head coach neil is it mctello how do you say that and so you know obviously maybe it's also you're someone who can relate to them because you're a former player you played you know women's college soccer so I'm sure is that a, a kind of role you see yourself playing being an assistant now yeah I it's definitely like a fine line where I can relate a lot to them I get a lot of what they're going through everything from like the academic load to the social like right prior prioritization that they go through and things like that but also there's the fine line that I have to set the boundary with them Where it's not like, I'm not your friend, but I'm your coach, but I'm willing to have a friendly relationship with you. So that's a lot of what we're working through right now, because I'm only 24 years old. I have players that are like 22, 23, and I'm like, yeah, we are way too close in age. Yeah, and it's funny. Well, yeah, it's funny. And I mean, even, you know, Neil is an experienced coach, but still it's his first year as well. So yeah, you're working. He's not he's not a super old guy either. I mean, so, I mean, maybe to the college players, they think he is, but you know, um, yeah. Um, what are, what are your strengths? I mean, you, you said you started coaching too, like when you were still a player, what do you feel like your strengths are? I'm sure you have a long way to go to being the best coach you can be, but what do you do well and how are you 
a positive influence, do you think, in, as an assistant? Yeah, I'd say my strength is my problem-solving skills, especially as, like, a goalkeeper. Like, okay. yes, you can have, like, the technical skills. You can have, like, the understanding of, like, goal kicks, I do this and all of that. But soccer is super unpredictable where you have to be able to adjust and adapt within play. And then I would say that's my strength is being able to adapt how I coach within a match. Uh -huh. where maybe we predict them to come out in a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3, and then they show up in something completely different. Yeah. How do I help them and adapt my coaching where they're not getting confused between different formations or different coaching points? Right. Yeah, it's definitely something. I played a little bit of goalie, and yeah, you do feel like if you're doing it well, you are seeing more of the game because you're able to just watch it. So it should be something that you're able to bring into it for sure. Um, and then you have another, isn't the other assistant a former keeper too, like from the team? So you got yeah. a lot of keeper power. At the team. Yeah. yeah, we have a student assistant. Her name's Catherine. She's a former goalkeeper for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, now, we've got a lot of goalkeeper exp like experience on staff, which helps a lot because goalkeepers see the game super differently. And goalkeepers need a lot of attention. So it uh -huh. helps having an extra set of hands when we're running drills and doing things like that. Well, and like you said, when you're when your team trying to climb up uh, the table in the NSIC, you take a lot of shots on goal. So yeah. it's not a bad not a bad thing to have a a, a lot of keeper insight. Yeah. Um, is recruiting part of your gig because it's such a small team of of coaches? I mean, is that something you're doing? And are you is it right now because it's kind of fall season? So. Yeah. So. I'm recruiting all the time year round. The clock doesn't stop for me. I have to be working towards it. We've had a few kids come on campus during the season because that's a great time to see what it's like here at Crookston. Yeah. Um, yeah. I take a big load on it, of it on. We're already planning like postseason. Where are we going? What are we doing? Where do we right. spend our time? But yeah, it's, it's a lot of work because when you're not maybe a top team, we don't have the same neck rain name recognition that some people in our conference do so right. we've got to put in a ton of work to make get kids here yeah and you're just further away from players because you do you're able to get some regional things like players from the dakotas players from moorhead obviously in northern minnesota but it's sparse i mean i played high school soccer in northern minnesota and our conference was the entire northwest part of the state because there's yeah. not that many players around yeah, so it's, yeah it's, you it's, it's crazy. I'm closer to Canada right now than I am to the Twin City. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I saw you got a few Manitoba girls this year. Yep. So yeah, that's got to pull from there. Um, what are the goals we talk about? Usually when like when I talk to Christy Kopitz at Moorhead and other teams that like Sandra are trying to work their way up the table. Um, sometimes the goal is just, you know, improving on last year. But, like what are the goals in terms of the team? Do, do you talk specifically about on the field goals or is it more um, uh you know, metaphorical than that. I mean, kind of, sort of, like, it's obviously improving on last year. We want to get better. We want to be in a better position in the rankings. But a big thing is for us with a whole new coaching staff is stabilizing the program and re restructuring yeah. everything that we do. Yeah. So the, honestly, it's more of, like, off the field of, like, do the players know what to expect from UMC soccer? Yeah. And that will really translate on the field. And I feel like we can see it a little bit more in each game that, okay, I get more. I understand more what's expected of me. So, like, yes, we want to see on-the-field performance improvement, score more goals, win more games, but also can we actually have, like, set standards and set, set things within the program that are off the field? Yeah, yeah, which will help. I mean, it's like you said, helps with recruiting. You got to do all of it. Yeah, having – and to, to be able to – 
improve without like having a significant increase in resources or something like that. It is culture is the way you do it by playing yeah. together. Yeah. So I mean, that, that makes sense. Have you been introduced to the highway 75 rivalry? I know the rock is in Moorhead, so you guys, you don't get to see it, but have you been introduced to the concept? Cause I love I, it. I was made aware of the rock very, very quickly. Once I got to campus <laughs> that it needs to come back to Crookston. Yeah, um, the girls have a lot of pride in that match and are very excited for it. Uh, um, yeah, one of the coolest trophies. Yeah, well, we always post it because literally, it's like you know, even people winning, you know, like the the UMAC or the MIAC, it's not always like some fancy or cool trophy. It just might be a plaque or whatever. This rock is sweet. Yeah, it's like it's like a full on rock. It's really heavy, I think, too. For what yeah. the players said, yeah, like kind of have to uh, team list them together. Yeah. Um, had you had trophy games like playing at UWS? I'm guessing it's a kind of vibe with Scholastica because they and they were in the conference for a bit together. But even so, like preseason and stuff, I would guess that must have been heated. Yeah. So towards the end of my career, I don't know how. Yeah, we created like a golden anchor because we are the yeah. two like, lake schools. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I know we have that rivalry. I mean, that rivalry's been unspoken for way longer than that golden anchor's been there. Yeah. But yeah, we had that huge rivalry and that was always super exciting. Yeah. Even once they left, it was like, yeah, we still got to beat them. Right, right. Yeah, and eventually, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about uh, UWS a little more, but yeah, that, um, it, it, they, it really works out. It, it's a shame that they're in the same conference anymore. But yeah, UWS is doing doing well in the, in the UMAC for sure. Um, what are your goals as a coach for this year? So, I mean, aside from, you know, helping the team win on the field, but for you, like developing yourself and, becoming yeah. a coach. A big thing for me is like developing consistency in how I coach. I am still super young. Like I'm developing a philosophy that translates to the college game because I've only been in the college game for two years as a coach. Mm -hmm. So really just developing a thorough like coaching philosophy, coaching mindset that can translate to any position that I'm in. Mm -hmm. How do you, do you have to balance having some side gigs at coaching? Because it's tough. They, at the assistant roles, you usually have something else going on. So I'm super fortunate here at Kirkston where I don't have to do that. I can prioritize all of my time to college soccer. During the summers, I do pick up like camps and things like that. Yeah. But I don't have to have like a serving job or like do dash yeah. with this job. Like yeah. I'm doing pretty well. Like when I was down in Iowa, I had another job and I was a full-time coach. So so. I'm very lucky with the position that Crookston has put me in. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's one of the things about being in the um, being in the NSIC and you know being up a level. That's that's makes it a lot easier to become a better coach. Yes. <laughs> I'll take a moment just to thank our sponsors first. Modest Brewing, who's one of our new partners, absolutely love getting their gear. I get it compliments bartending with it on in here, and we'll see some more. And then I also have to tell you that the show is brought to you by Pence Homes. Whether you're buying or selling or looking to do some projects in your current home, Nate and Lydia can help you find what you need. Need financing for a basement remodel, looking at a second bath, or even a workspace. Now that you're working from home, Pence Homes and their preferred lender, Angie Shear, with Luminant Financing can help find the right financing tool for you. Go to PenceHomes.com or learn more on social media at Pence Homes. I was just watching the Lynx playoff game with Nate Pence yesterday. A great bar customer. Mm -hmm. um you're a cobber for one year it's, it's a while it. ago now so we're gonna draw on your your memories of what you can remember but what obviously you ended up transferring but when you think of memories of that first year what do you kind of take away from that yeah I oh, 
this is a long time ago, and I don't talk a ton about my time at the Cobbers because it was so short. 2017? Yeah, I definitely learned a lot about myself as a human and what I needed to thrive. Uh And it wasn't that environment. So Uh I chose to leave and that it was really tough, but I got to see what I work well with, what I didn't work well with as a team. That's another team that wasn't in a super successful time in their career. And it was learning how to like conflict resolve with people that while you're in your lowest yeah we were in the bottom of the conference and that really shows a lot of like how good are you at solving problems when everything feels like it's going wrong yeah and i was dealing with a lot of like interpersonal things as well during that time Uh that it was like all right it doesn't feel like it's getting better for me so i'm going to open my wings and make that step that hopefully helps me have a yeah. more positive college career, which it worked out very well for me. Transferring, yeah. So, yeah, I love to hear that. That's a really good perspective. And I totally agree. I mean, that's knowing uh, what your boundaries are and what you need to be successful. It's like, take it. And some people do not learn that lesson ever. I mean, you know, that's, it's a better, easier said than done. So yeah, that's cool to hear you speak about it like that. How did you pick superior then? So Allison was actually my goalkeeping coach at Fusion Soccer Club in the Twin Cities before she got the job at Superior. Yeah. And I had remembered her and I was like, where did she end up? Yeah, yeah. I liked her. I was like, she was a great goalkeeping coach. Like, I knew she had left for a college job after Augsburg, but I was like, she just like disappeared one day because she had to go off at Superior. So I like Googled her and I found her and I was like, wait a minute. This program only has one goalkeeper that graduated. Uh-huh. Maybe I could find a home here. So I did that whole process at the time because this is pre-transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. So you don't enter the portal at that time. So you like sign your self-release. You send it to their athletic director. And yeah. I was like, can I talk to her? And he's like, I got the green light. And the rest yeah. is history. I ended up at Superior. Yeah, nice. And you, you went there at a good time. I mean, in the sense of they were kind of, they're a small school for the UW system yeah. in terms of like compared to, um, so I know they were really a team that was like the Coppers and the Mayak, like having to fight uphill in the Wisconsin conference they were in. And then moving to the UMAC, um, which I'm a Morris grad, so I, I have no ill will towards Superior Scholastica. <laughs> I still have a little bitterness about, but I'm glad um, we can agree. <laughs> on that we can agree. But, um, but UW, they start winning. You you play right away, but then you earn a bigger role kind of as you as you get, you know, as you get older into the program. Um, but then you end up making the first NCAA tournament ever when you're playing. So like talk about that. That must have been that must have been fun. Yeah, that was a whirlwind like over the years. It's like it's it was very much like, oh, when we do that, if we can get there, like yeah. it wasn't something we ever like we always wanted it, but we didn't know if it could happen, but we kept working hard for it. And we all knew what our obstacle was and who we had to beat to get there and getting there. It was like, it was really like the cherry on top of my career. Like all the hard work, all the dedication that like the classes that I was a part of the people that I worked with, even the people before me in superior, like it really proved like everything that we sacrificed and we gave up for that did pay off yeah yeah and you will and even so it's like you know you, you don't make it past the first round but i'm sure in some ways you know just making it was was the thing and where do you how did you 
uh, win the championship game? Where was it like, was it at home or was it where did you have to play like away to Northwestern? Or something? I have to like rake my brain because this has been a couple of <laughs> years now. I like don't remember these things. I, I believe look. we won it at home because we were the first seed yeah. of the conference yeah. tournament that year. So we were at home and I just like, I just remember looking around at some of my teammates. There was another fifth year that was on the roster at the time. Yeah. And it was just like, did we actually just do that? Yeah, yeah. We're going to continue playing to a point we've never played before. This is all unknown. We'd been to conference championship games before, but we've never, like, national tournament? What is this? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's a cool thing because it's, you know – like you said, you maybe you still keep playing, but like you got to end, you know, your career really kind of on a high. Um, you've played a lot of different places, like in terms of playing in the MIAC, UMAC, and then you coached in the Iowa Conference, um, which is now called the River American Rivers Conference. Yep. And now the NSIC, I'm just curious, like where were your favorite places to play? Like, or either because it was like, oh, it was a really nice fielder stadium, or it's like you yeah. like getting the win there for that team. Yeah, so Scholastica's field's always gonna have a special place in my heart. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was my sophomore year. We beat them to go to the championship game. We didn't win the championship game, yeah. Yeah. but that was like the first time maybe ever that we ever beat Scholastica. Yeah, maybe. And it was an outside or it was a center back who scores the goal. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, like. It was an iconic moment, like a super scrappy. It's not a pretty goal by any means, but just like flicks it in. And that moment, like, will ever for live in my memory. Like, I have a picture where, like, I run up to her and I'm like bear hugging her. (laughs) So that field has like a forever, like, locked in to my memory, especially with like that lake view too in the background. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Duluth ends up with some pretty sweet. views over the lake and it's also it's just a really nice field like it's not like some fancy stadium but it's a really nice surface to play like a nice place to play for sure because at superior do you play in the football stadium the uws football stadium no so we actually played on the high school field oh okay fall of 2024 i believe they opened their like brand new soccer and track facility oh nice we never actually played on a uws field oh wow okay well the superior i mean they, they have a nice yeah nice setup too right on yes. go, go spartans um yeah how do you how do you consume the game now do you do you play like i mean you're probably too busy coaching to play in a league but do you do you like no i don't play in a league anymore i did being a goalkeeper put a lot of strain and wear on my body where i knew i needed to step back a little bit uh. But I do hop in time to time with the team, Yeah. especially down when I was in Iowa. We had a smaller roster. Sometimes I had to hop in goal. Sometimes I had to hop in the field to make it even. Yeah. Up here, I don't have to do it as often, but I try to from time to time, yeah. trying to make sure I can pull off a big save every once in a while uh-huh. if I need to. But I okay. try to like play, especially when I'm at camps and stuff, make it very like not stressful, but yeah. no leagues right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm sure does it feel that you're still pretty young, but does it feel different than when you were a player and like fully in player shape? Yeah. I mean, it, oh gosh, it does. The keeper, uh, the yeah. keeper stuff comes back. Cause like you just are less kind of like calloused or like, like you just, you get so many like bruises probably like on your hips and arms and everything. <laughs> yeah. I have a moment where we were playing at Northwestern and me, leap. I leaped for this ball and I like tip it up. But like the bottom bar in a goal, I landed on that. 
And like that, that like wears and tears on your body. Like it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've got some pretty gnarly, like memories of injuries and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. I could imagine. I've not, I have not dove for a save in a long time and I don't know how it would feel. Um, How do you, do you watch soccer? Are you just kind of so busy? I mean, obviously you have to watch tape, you're doing film and everything. Like, do you ever, do you then like watch an NWSL game or watch, you know, like the Women's World Cup this summer? Yeah, I mean, I watched all of the Women's World Cup that I could, except that like 4 a.m. game. Those are tough. I was not getting up for that. Like that was like right before preseason started. Yeah. But I try to watch as much as I can, especially like Aurora NWSL things that translate to my job because I can learn a lot from that. Does it get there are times where I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching any soccer right now because it is my life. I do consume a lot of soccer all the time. Yeah. But give or take, I watch quite a bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have to run? Are you someone who like gets assigned to running film sessions? Because like you, like you or Matt kind of split coverage of it or something like that? Or how does that work with film? Give or take, I do a lot of the breakdown of the film. So finding the clips to add to the film sessions. And Coach Neil does a lot of the, like, talking, actual, like, technical, tactical points of it. But I do a lot of the actual breakdown of the game. Nice. Who is your favorite player? The first player you remember, like, being a fan of when you were a kid? Oh, Alex Morgan has a special place in my heart. Okay. Um, Alex Morgan or Hope Solo are like those two that I remember as a very young kid watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hope Solo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting right underneath uh, Brianna Scurry there. So. Oh, yep. So shout out to Brianna. Yeah. One of the saints of the black art. So yeah. you lived in a lot of different like college type towns, like smaller places after like growing up in the Twin Cities, obviously Apple Valley and Edina High School. Yeah. Um, but so Crookston is kind of a uniquely small town of the places you've lived too. And I went to school in Morris, which is very similar. And we had to be very creative sometimes to have fun um, in that small town. You're working, so you're a little more busy, but what's something you miss from like, say if you were in the cities or even from living in Duluth or Superior? Being in I would say that it was like the community I had outside of like soccer yeah. or like outside of my like job. Uh, I definitely had like a wider array of things like to do. Like I had, yeah. I I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't have that many friends outside of soccer, but (laughs) getting to do a lot more things like, yes, we have Grand Forks, which is about 30 minutes from here. Or I had Duluth, which was just across the border. Or I had Sioux City when I was down in Iowa, but it was definitely just like the ease of having different kinds of lifestyle down in the cities, but. Or just like different restaurants maybe or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta go to, gotta get, I'm assuming you gotta be hitting up the pizza ranch more. That's what I did. <laughs> yep, definitely have done that at least once, but I try yeah. my best when I go recruiting down, especially in the cities, because that's where I'm born and raised. Yeah, not yeah. to just go to like my safe options of like raising canes in Chipotle. Yeah, yeah. You're like I eat a little different because I eat a lot of the same things up here. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. No, I get it. That's what I being in a going to college in a small town, that was kind of it too. Like People, I didn't, we hadn't even had Chipotle, but all the suburb kids were dying. It was like 2010. They're like, oh my God. And we had an actual uh, Mexican burrito stand. I was like, dude, Ooh. there's a real dude out here making real, we got it. <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing about Storm Lake, Iowa, is they had a couple places that were authentic, like Mexican food. I can, I just, can I bring that with me wherever I go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be the, by the way, I would think if you were trying to find a league, 
to play in in Crookston. Probably the best soccer league you could join is probably some his underground Hispanic league you got to find your way into because Morris yep. had a couple of those and it was, yeah, that's it's good. Um, well, awesome. Morgan, thank you so much for joining. Crookston plays next. Sioux Falls, they play at home this Sunday at 1 p.m. The Highway 75 Rivalry Rock game, which I had mentioned, is Sunday, October 8th. So we'll definitely promote that. That's a lot of good fun. And then do you want to, I don't know if you want to just give a shout out of how people can stay engaged with you on social media or otherwise with the team. Yeah. So MN Crookston Soccer, some abbreviation of that on any social media. We do a really good job of staying up to date with what we're doing, the game promotions and all of that. Um, Yeah. Right on. Stay into it. And also I, we, this was in the, the D2 piece they put out last week, but Crooks and does do a good, great job of doing like intro to player videos and they have all that. So that makes it so much easier to be a fan. So check out their YouTube, check out their website and yeah, good luck next week, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you.